Welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick, and I'm here with my friend Zach. Hey, everybody. So today we're finishing up the Commander 2018 set review. Last time we talked about all the new legendary creatures, and this time we're going to be focusing on the non-legendary cards that are printed for the first time in Commander 2018. So I figured we'd start with white, and that means we're going to begin with Boreas Charger. What, is, what does this do? It is a 2-1 Flying Pegasus for 2 and a white. It has when Boreas Charger leaves the battlefield, choose an opponent who controls more lands than you. Search your library for a number of planes cards equal to the difference and reveal them. Put one of them onto the battlefield tapped and the rest into your hand, then shuffle your library. That's great. <laughs> I really like the leaves. I, I, even though this isn't a legendary creature, they put it on this, which is just gives it a ton more play i think it's someone uh of our friends was noting that it's a boreas charger but it's not a snow creature which is like a reference to the ice age block things boreal druid yeah but um yeah i don't i this this is great this they they gave white like a really really nice tool I will come out in opposition to this card. Oh, yeah. What I don't like about this is the fact that it's a leaves the battlefield trigger. Oh, really? Yeah. So the, the issue with that is you want to ramp on turn three. Mm-hmm. Then you're basically, like, giving your opponents control over whether you get your ramp okay. in the early game. I understand that, yeah. With worn power stone or wood elves or any other ramp card, <laughs> yeah. it's not situational in this way. Like if you want an effect, you want an effect. You don't want to have to jump through hoops or rely on your opponents or have like a cloud shift in your hand. Mm -hmm. I think this effect might be useful maybe for like Brago. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it slots into certain decks better than others, um, and I think that it's a better top deck later in the game for certain decks too for that same reason mm -hmm. just because a lot of the time like if you're in a white or a white red deck you fall behind on lands pretty heavily compared to all those green x decks yeah but they like explicitly stated that this is a white ramp card to oh. try to help it in this <laughs> yeah. format this is they like brought it up as an example when they were talking about ways to try to shore up the weaknesses of certain colors in the commander format yeah the fact that it's not easy to use and in can't really go deck. in every white deck yeah. makes me dislike it a lot more than if i had not heard that and was just like oh this is a cool tool for <laughs> brago he'll, he'll, he'll like this yeah okay that's fair i yeah so the so the context affects my yeah evaluation I actually of the card. i actually did not know that context and that's why i was like oh this is kind of cool so that's really interesting, though, I think, because there are a few things, and th this will come up later in this review, where they're like trying to do things in color pie for various colors to fix various things, and I feel like some of them they succeeded at, and some of them they didn't, and this is probably one of them, if that was really their goal. So I'm going to go ahead and just quote this <laughs> to you all. Commander sets are a great opportunity to really look at the format and see what it could use. A lot of how the set came together was designed around making things work so we could have the room to make cards and commanders for popular strategies and cards that addressed holes in commander. In this set, you'll find a number of these kinds of cards. White Mana Ramp, a very unexpected tribal lord that has been requested for years, and finally a Jun Lands Magic Manor. But White Mana Ramp, they clearly 
we're trying to make a format staple here, <laughs> which is what makes this card upsetting for yeah, me. Yeah, that is it. Because, I mean, I would definitely not call this a staple. Yeah. Like, this is definitely, like, this is, like, a tool for certain decks. I would not call this a staple. That is upsetting. It's the same, in the same way that uh, Arena Rector or Academy Rector are not mm. staples. They are powerful cards, but if your effect requires you to do something that most decks don't have access to, yeah, yeah. If you staple. if you're requiring a hoop to be jumped through that not every deck can just jump through, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. So, oh, 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 oh well. <laughs> I mean, in a in a vacuum, if I just like I said, like if I had just seen this card, I would I'm, I was pretty high on it. I'm still like in some ways high on it just because it's like a cool thing that you can do in some decks. But it is upsetting to know that that is the case that they checked that box. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Now no. White will never need any mana ramp. Never, ever again. That is the saddest thing. Yeah. I'm ready to move on to the next card. Yeah, which one do you want to talk about? Uh, let's talk about Imperial Storm. So this is a member of a cycle that all copy themselves for the number of times you've cast your commander this game. Four White White Sorcery. Create a 4-4 four, four White Angel Creature token with flying. And when you cast this spell, copy it for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. Yeah, so I, I want to note that they did uh, clarify that this works with partners. So these count each time a commander has been cast. So, like, it says your commander to just because, but let's say you have, uh, you cast one partner twice and the other partner once, this will create three angels. And that's true of all of this cycle. They all have that cast from the command zone clause on them. So what do you think about the utility of this card? All of these cards obviously are better late game than early game. I think there will be cases the game has gone really long for whatever reason. Maybe there's a bunch of board wipes and planar cleansings and just things kept going and going and going and then all of a sudden you're casting this for like four or five angels for six, which that's cool, but I don't actually like this. Yeah. I don't actually think this is good. I agree. I think that like the base rate is so inefficient. It's so bad, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not a huge fan of this card. I don't even know if I'd be happy to run it in like Lyra Dawnbringer. I, I really tried to think of what commanders I would want to put these storms into. Yeah. And which ones they slotted into, and I couldn't really think of one Prosh. For the Oh Prosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't really think of one for this one in particular. But yeah, Prosh is pretty good <laughs> for those colors. <laughs> Let's say you do... I mean, the second time you cast your commander, obviously this is a good rate. But even then, like, one card for two four fours, like, that's not, it's not getting you too far. All right, uh, moving on to the next card. Heavenly Blademaster. It is a 3-6 angel for five and a white. It has flying and double strike, and when it enters the battlefield, you may attach any number of auras and equipment you control to it. Other creatures you control get plus one plus one for each aura and equipment attached to Heavenly Blademaster. What do you think about this card? I think that it's going to kill me at some point in time, but I'm not going to play it. Yep. Some Someone is going to run this, it's going to get really big, and then like their Kemba deck is going to attack me because I didn't wrath them last turn. Mm -hmm. Or or something like that, but in general, this is uh, they're they're trying to mitigate the like eggs in one basketness of like an aura like Voltron style, but I don't this it's just not really what that needs. Yeah, I think I agree. 
there aren't that many aura and equipment focused decks other than Voltron, and of course, trying to deal damage with a creature that isn't your commander. Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> yeah, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then the fact that this is gives you a go wide bonus for your go tall strategy. I mean, I mean, it seems like this may have been designed specifically for Kemba because you're going to have a lot of tokens and a lot of auras and equipment, but it also just, and might, maybe this will help you alpha strike, but if you don't win immediately, you've got the problem with, like, now Kemba is naked. She doesn't have any of her auras and equipment on her anymore. I've seen Jorkadeen have some equipment to get to the Metalcraft, but, mm-hmm. like, you kind of are a goat. I think this is maybe the only deck I would run this card in. Yeah. Just because you do have a bunch of, like, Incidental Mirror Tokens and, like, some boots and, like, a Loxodon Warhammer or something. And mm-hmm. But, I don't know, that's, I don't, yeah, I'm not very high on this card. It's a poor match between the hoop and the reward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I want to touch briefly on the next card, okay. if you're okay with this. Yeah, go for it. Because I thought I was having a stroke. I saw online there's a card in the set. It's called Loyal Unicorn. It is a 3-4 Vigilance Unicorn for 3 and a white, and it has Lieutenant. They brought Lieutenant back. It says, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control your commander, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to creatures you control this turn. Other creatures you control gain Vigilance until end of turn. Um, so the reason why I'm confused about this card, or was confused, is that the entire internet was going bonkers <laughs> over how broken Loyal Unicorn was. And I'm just here to tell everyone, no. Like, stop. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> what What is the... The Dolmen Gate? That's Dolmen the one? Gate, yeah. Like, Dolmen Gate has existed since Lorwyn, since, like, before the format was mega popular, and... That ha- do you how often do you see Dolmen Gate in your in your group your play group like how often are you putting a card in that only gives your cards vigilance into your deck it's just not it's not worth the card please and it's also it is itself fragile uh, it's just a creature yeah it also is situational in that you have to have your commander on the battlefield in order for it to even trigger yes so you have to have other creatures it and your commander. And you spent a card on this and probably the other creatures, and that's just not a good place to be. It is one of the better unicorns out there, I will give it that. Yeah, that is true. This is one of the stronger unicorns. And I'm looking forward to the day when they print the <laughs> legendary commander that makes a batch of horses, <laughs> unicorns, and Pegasus. Yeah, that would actually be... Pr- I, I do hope they batch those creature types. I'm actually hoping for more batching in general, because, like, why can't I play my Nagas with my snakes? Yeah. Like, geez, come on, wizards, what I, the heck? I would like to know what Mark Rosewater thinks of batching in very small doses, like just even on a single card, mm-hmm. just to make it clear how these things are related. Yeah, I mean, even like like Death Baron could be ba- like zombies and skeletons. Yeah. Or like... I was thinking like Lovisa Cold Eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Come on. Wait, I want to see more. Come on, I want to see more wizards. But yeah, Loyal Unicorn. Don't, don't do it. Um, do you want to talk about the next one? So this is one in a white for a 2-2 human wizard. It has four in a white, tap, sacrifice, mages of the balance. Each player chooses a number of lands they control equal to the number of lands controlled by the player who controls the fewest, then sacrifices the rest. 
Players discard cards and sacrifice creatures the same way. So this is a Magus of a card that is banned in Commander, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which makes it exciting, but Mm -hmm. it's also pretty slow. Uh, It's also expensive. You're spending (laughs) seven mana total to get this effect. And over two turns more than likely, because it has a tap symbol in the activation cost. Yeah, I, I was wondering if they were going to make a Magus of the Balance because they'd kind of been on that cycle mm-hmm. of these old cards and was trying to think of a white sorcery that they would use because they've kind of been doing that mega cycle, like yeah. Magus of the Will, Magus of the Wheel, Magus of the Balance is the next iteration in that cycle. It makes sense that they printed this, but I'm not super excited to run it. Yeah, I agree. I just think it's too easy to interact with. Balance is great because you can cast it really early in the game. Like, empty your hand onto the field, and they all happen to be artifacts, which yeah. Balance doesn't care about. Yeah. <laughs> and then you spend two mana to just completely knock your opponents out of the game. Yeah. Um, the one thing this has going for it is it's incredibly easy to recur. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like, you don't really want to balance that many times over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, like you do throughout the course of the game, you might want to reset things, but, like, balancing one turn and then balancing the next turn, you're not really getting that much more value yeah. out of the second time. You already made them sack a bunch of lands and discard cards and sack creatures, so that that is the one notable thing about it, is it's a 2-2 two, two for 2. Perhaps in, uh, maybe in a Teshar deck... It gets recurred by Teshar. Teshar has a lot of artifacts. That that could be a use for it, but it's not definitely not a format staple. Yeah, I do like the throwback art. I like all these throwback arts they've been having on the Maguses. They're pretty cool. So I think we're on to blue now, right? Correct. Um, do you want to talk about the next one? Yes, Aminato's Augury. Aminato's Augury. Six blue blue sorcery. Exile the top eight cards of your library. You may put a land card from among them onto the battlefield. Until end of turn, for each non-land card type, you may cast a card of that type from among the exiled cards without paying its mana cost. So, <laughs> what, what do you what do you think about this card? This is hilarious. I mean, this is really funny. Like, if you still have a Jaleva deck, this is probably going to be pretty good in your Jaleva deck. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have, oh, somewhat, because you're not running that many card types. There, there's like a few niche cases where I think this will work but in general i don't i think you're getting a lot of value for eight if you are building into the like moldrotha card types deal i don't know this is definitely not like a staple by a long shot i would say i don't know what you think about it i agree with you i think that this card is just too fair and too random yeah even though it's eight cards and you you can conceivably get all of them it gives you one of the lands and then you could conceivably get Seven, like you could get a planeswalker and mm-hmm. a tribal and a creature. Like you could conceivably, but I, I don't know. I don't see it. I think that like if you're spending eight mana in blue, there's just so many more broken things you could be doing. Yeah, this is a way to like get value, sure, for a bunch of mana, but you could also just win the game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. Totally. So I, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't hate it. That's actually kind of where I'm at with a lot of these cards is like, I don't hate this. Mm-hmm. This is whatever. Amina 2 as a character is hilarious to me. Yeah. I like it. They built a... The uh, backstory is really interesting. The backstory is super interesting, and I like how Wizards created a character that is 
powerful enough to retcon things mm -hmm. if they mess something up, <laughs> 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 which is my favorite part about that Amina 2, but um, I don't know. Do you want to move on to the next one? Yes. Uh, next card is Echo Storm. This is three blue-blue sorcery. When you cast this spell, copy it for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. You may choose new targets for the copies, and then create a token that's a copy of target artifact. This is also kind of underwhelming. <laughs> this is also incredibly fair. Yeah, it's just that that's really the reason why is you can like again, like conceivably you can do a bunch of crazy stuff with it, but like we've had artifact copying in blue that is much better than this yeah. for a long time. To, to put this in perspective, Copy Artifact costs two. Yeah. Phyrexian Metamorph costs three. Sculpting, Sculpting Steel costs three. Yeah. There are many better options. And yes, you can get additional copies if you are casting your commander from the command zone a bunch. But by the time, by the late game, when this is like actually getting a bunch of copies, that's when you're least excited about copying additional artifacts. Yes. What I really want to do with my copy artifact effects is go, okay, I'm going to like turn one Soul Ring Signet, and then next turn cast a Sculpting Steel on my Skull Ring. Like, yeah. I want to use it to pull ahead in the early game, not get sick value in the late game. Yeah, there aren't really many artifacts other than maybe artifact creatures that I really want multiples of mm -hmm. in the late game. And... And yes, this does hit artifact creatures, but more likely than not, especially in a late game, probably things have been wrathed and like like of course, like there's always gonna be those cases where like, oh, and you had your meteor golem and you got four meteor golem like that's always gonna be a thing that can happen, but really the rate in general in most games is gonna be too steep for what you're trying to do. Yeah, I think that they need to rejigger their design philosophy or or maybe not maybe like these are the, exactly the kind of cards that are going to excite new players yeah just like late game get a ton of value yeah. even though that that's not what the format is actually like yeah yeah i'm not i'm not really sure yeah so or, or you know it is in some play groups but like it's not the optimal way to play commander yeah and I, yeah. Think, and I think like the the format as a whole has been moving away from these types of effects yeah and towards like well i'm gonna spend my eight or nine mana to tooth and nail and kill you guys yeah as opposed to like look at how many throwing dynamos i got yeah wow um the next card i'm actually i like a lot um so this is it's a it's a nice contrast in terms of like yeah, the efficiency of these copy effects. Yeah, so it's Estrid's Invocation. It is a uh, two and a blue for an enchantment. It has uh, you may have Estrid's Invocation enter the battlefield as a copy of any enchantment you control, except it gains at the beginning of your upkeep. You may exile this enchantment. If you do, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Um, so. First off, I, this is a copy enchantment, which is pretty great. Mm -hmm. um, and on that kind of on a little tangent, I, I highly recommend for people to go on Gather and look up the original wording on copy enchantment. It is one of the best things ever. It's like, as copy enchantment comes into play, you may choose an enchantment in play. If you do, copy enchantment comes into play as a copy of that enchantment. <laughs> <laughs> it was before the like M10 kind of tune-ups into yeah. wordings in the battlefield and casting and stuff like that so it's, it's very a, it's a pretty ugly card it's a pretty ugly card but it makes me laugh every time mm -hmm. um and this is uh, a copy enchantment but this is always the best enchantment for you every turn 
Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do a callback to the Suvin doppelganger because yeah. it's so similar in how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Like, like there, there aren't that many uh, clones that come into play as something and then allow you to change them later on. So it would have been a really good opportunity for a callback instead of connecting it to this character who we don't know and who we hate because she keeps putting us in stasis locks. <laughs> so. Yeah, look, look forward to that, everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in general, that's cool. It's a, I'm I'm happy about this. It's a that is a way cooler version of Copy Enchantment, even though Copy Enchantment isn't really not really played too often. Yeah. So the next card, Ever Watching Threshold, also a two blue enchantment. It has whenever an opponent attacks you and or a planeswalker you control with one or more creatures, draw a card. I just yeah. like that it only triggers once no matter how many creatures that attack you. Yeah, I, I like the contrast I think on this card is like a Rhystic Study. Mm-hmm. Like you will, yes, they can pay one to have you not draw with Rhystic Study, but you are probably going to draw way more cards over the course of the game than this. There's is... going to be multiple blue cards that we compare to Rhystic Study. Just oh, to, yeah, yeah. Just a preview right there. Spoiler alert. It does a poor job of keeping people from attacking you yes because if the worst that could possibly happen is you draw one card no matter how many creatures attack you it's like well if i'm going to attack you with anything i should attack you with everything yeah 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 there's zero difference to the game state if i'm uh you know sending just one beater at you versus all my tokens and just really slaughtering you so like if it had been the other way with like whenever a creature attacks you or planeswalker you control draw a card then they would be incentivized to be like, well, I'll send the biggest thing at you if I want to hit you. Yeah. But I don't want to send everything because that's just way too many cards you're getting. Yeah. And so I think that would have been maybe preferable and then just make it more expensive. Yeah, honestly, if this was more expensive but you drew more cards, like, that's fine. Yeah. (laughs) That would have been fine. One thing we haven't said yet is that this style of effect is just not something you want to be filling your deck with in Commander. Yep. Like, I am not a big fan of these rattlesnake cards where you're basically giving your opponent a choice. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. And, and, like, there could be many turns where this card doesn't really do anything for you. Like, maybe they weren't going to attack you anyway. So it's just sitting there doing nothing, and then eventually they draw. When they're ready to attack you, they will probably have naturalize. Loyal Drake, two and a blue for a 2-2 flying Drake. Lieutenant, at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control your commander, draw a card. All I want to say about this is that it is more fragile, more <laughs> conditional, yeah. and less powerful than Rhystic Study. Yes, uh, I like the art on it a lot. It's a very tiny drake. There might be a deck out there that really wanted like a body that draws a card sometimes. I can't think of it, but yeah, I agree. Even though the Rhystic Study is, of course, only one card and commander is all about redundancy... There are other things at this exact price point where it's like even more cards and faster, like yeah. Windfall. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on, we have Octopus Umbra, which is three and two blue for an enchantment aura. You enchant creature and it has enchanted creature has base power and toughness eight eight and has whenever this creature attacks, you may tap target creature with power eight or less. And then it has totem armor. Just a refresher, Totem Armor, uh, you probably know what it is, but if the creature would die, you can sack the Umbra instead, or whatever permanent had Totem Armor. 
This is cool. I like when they make new <laughs> big umbras like this. Mm-hmm. I think that people like them and they can make them splashy enough to be fun, kind of see play and stuff like that. There, I think there are a few decks where this actually is pretty good. I also like that it's eight or less and not less than eight, which is something they've been doing lately is like less than blank and oh, it feels yeah. really bad. Yeah, I know. You get a little bit more <laughs> options, although I yeah. feel like most creatures in Commander are going to be less than either eight. way. The seven or eight doesn't make a big difference to yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe that's why they did it, but it's been a, a trend I'm not happy about. But, yeah, I don't know. What are your opinions on this? I, I'm, like, looking for tech. Uh, I haven't really found anything that seems like blue commanders that care about being of a certain size, where, like, boosting them significantly will really help you. Yeah, I, at first I thought of Chromium, and then I realized that Chromium, that, like, layer stuff, he's going to... Su- his activated ability supersedes Oh, the, the thing, I'm pretty sure. So when you pitch a card to make him a 1-1, I think he becomes a 1-1, one, one, I, th- I think, but mm-hmm. please, rules people out there, like, call me on that if that's not true, because if that's not true, that's the best. Uh, it could be useful for blue Voltron decks, whose, yeah. like, commander is just very small. Yeah, there's um, Voltron decks that have blue. This is cool. Yeah. Uh, it I, helps you get in there. Well, that's yeah. something. If your commander's, like, you know, two power base or something, like, this could this adds six power and protects it and gives it a form of evasion for five mana, which is a lot of things that your yeah. commander might want to do. Yeah, and also blue doesn't get very often. Uh, the next one is sweet. Oh, God, this, this is one of my great. favorite cards in the Me set. Me too. Um, so this is Primordial Mist. It's four and a blue enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, you may manifest the top card of your library. And for those who don't know what manifest does, that means yeah. put it onto the battlefield face down as a 2-2 creature, and you can turn it up at any time for its mana cost if it's a creature card. This enchantment also has the activated ability. Exile a face down permanent you control face up. You may play that card this turn. You still pay its costs. Though. Yeah, you still pay mana, and if it's a sorcery speed and all that stuff. This is really cool yeah. <laughs> for so many reasons. Manifest is a really cool mechanic that has a ton of space that I'm really, really hoping they come back to. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about that before. Definitely one of my favorite mechanics. Yeah, it's super cool. I'm someone who loves morph. Obviously, this was meant to be like proto-morph, and in doing it, like I think opened up a mechanic that is a way cooler and b has a lot more things you can kind of do with it yeah there are so many like handles on manifest that other that like engine cards can latch on to yeah. and use it <laughs> so it's like it's awesome if you have bounce blinking if you have library manipulation mm-hmm. there's just a lot lot stuff you can do with it yeah it also like it is it's still a creature so like anything that would care about like tokens or help your tokens would help manifest stuff so there's like a bunch of like axes in which it works on like you can make some really aggressive manifest cards you can make some really techie manifest cards like it just has so much in its wheelhouse that's really cool in a way they're all niche like they're they tend not to be good stuffy, but they're just many, many decks that they provide tools for. Yeah, which is super cool. And this does that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this does that very well and very cool. And honestly, like that's five is fine. That's a pretty good cost for this. Yeah, I mean it's it's very difficult for me to evaluate this card because I 
I don't normally get strong emotional reactions to cards anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I've I, seen everything. <laughs> yeah, but uh, with this one, I do feel like a, like a strong positive emotion that makes that clouds my judgment a little bit. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I do think drawing a card every turn, like just drawing an extra card every turn, is pretty good. I think flooding the board and just having a two-two for free—that's not like. I don't know, it, it is difficult to evaluate from one comparative standpoint because it's doing so many things. Yeah. But I think because of that, it's actually, there's a lot of good goodness packed into it. Like you said, the base case is like, this is a Honda of seeing wins. Yeah. Um, you get one extra card a turn. It is nice that it's an end step trigger, so you get something on the first turn. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you can you can reveal the creatures, you can unmorph quote quote the creatures if you have them like you can cast them if they're spells or whatever you can play play them if they're lands if i want to be (laughs) consistent i would say that there are probably better ways to get card advantage generate tokens Mm -hmm. whatever like any individual thing that this card is doing but if you want to play this card in your deck (laughs) and i see you playing this card in your deck i'll high five you because i love it (laughs) yeah i think there's a place for this and i'm not sure where it is and that's kind of where i'll leave it out this is definitely going to be in the back of my mind for a while yeah as i try and like put it in places and figure out where it's best yeah um the next one's pretty easy to tell yeah. Work. <laughs> so it's Vidalcan Humiliator. It is a 3-4 Vidalcan Wizard for 3 and a blue. It has Metalcraft. Whenever Vidalcan Humiliator attacks, if you control 3 or more artifacts, creatures your opponents control lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 1-1 one, one until end of turn. My big question is, is this on new Phyrexia or is this like a throwback card? Like, is he still not... Well, the, there's a thing in the background that like, looks monstrous yeah there's like a creepy worm ogre thing. so i'm guessing this is one of the vidalcan survivors yeah i would hope so because that'd be that'd make for a better story yeah but also this goes in your metalcraft deck this goes in your deck with lots of artifacts and uh, like that effect's really powerful but also i don't know where to put him yeah hmm. like i don't yeah i, I think that the artifact decks are not very interested in combat. You don't necessarily want him in like Brutaclad, but you want you would want him in like a token artifact token, like with a bunch of Mer tokens or something, or like some kind of blue X artifact aggro. But I don't know if that exists. I don't think it exists. I don't think they, so. Either. They just missed an opportunity to make to a make that. that was blue red cared about artifact creatures yeah so i mean one day this card will probably have a home and be cool just because that effect is pretty backbreaking. like you think you have a board and then this guy shows up and he straps on his lightning greaves mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're not doing too hot but yeah I, I don't think this has really got a home yet man i really wish this card was white yeah <laughs> like, like white has both elish norn and crovax and mono white is so reliant on artifacts yeah i could imagine them doing like a white blue artifact token like creature token thing someday mm-hmm. like maybe that's the deck he'll go in mm-hmm. they could do like blue red artifact creature tokens like they could do a bunch of stuff but they have they haven't yet so stay tuned yeah 
All right, uh, moving on to black. Yeah. We've got Blood Tracker, which is a 2-2 vampire wizard for three and a black. It has flying, and you can pay black and pay two life to put a plus one plus one counter on Blood Tracker. When Blood Tracker leaves the battlefield, draw a card for each plus one plus one counter on it. What do you think? So they made greed, but different. It's pretty hard not to get the cards off of this guy, even unless they have like a hex mage or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which isn't super common. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't hate this. I think he's fine. Usually, you're playing greed because you want the card immediately. Yeah. But I think he like slots into certain decks pretty well. And like I said, you will as long as something happens to him. Like you'll get the cards, and you're in black, so you can probably sack him. I yeah. Think, huh? I think it was very intentional that they made him a vampire so that. Edgar would be there to give him Oh, to put counters on it. <laughs> um, That's funny. There's a couple commanders in black that put counters on stuff. You've got your Anafenza, your Drana, your Gave, although... <laughs> you probably got better things to do. Gave, yeah, Gave has better things to do. Oh, Mazarek is Oh, not yeah, that's not bad. A terrible option. Marchesa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. That, oh, hey, there you go, Blood Tracker. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice option. Um, I think this card, to be more specific, is fine if you just were to play it, but I think in that case you might just want to run Greed Yeah, if you're not already running the other better options. I agree. I think that plus one plus one counter aggro decks, because so much of their equity is, in, is just in like creatures that mostly attack or block, like finding a creature that has plus one plus one counter synergies and also draws you cards is a is a boon yeah that's great so i think it's those sorts of decks where it's going to do the best in yeah i agree with that uh do you want to talk about the next one yes entreat the dead is xx black 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 sorcery return x target creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield and you can miracle it for x black black yeah miracle card uh i like how this is kind of a counterpart to entreat the angels Mm mm-hmm that I thought that was really cool. Um, I wish the art wasn't just purple zombies. Yeah. Um, uh, you win some, you lose some. Uh, but this, I mean, this is good. You you get, if you've loaded up your graveyard, like, you get a bunch of bunch of friends for your mana cost, and th- the fact that this doesn't care about the actual cost of the creature is pretty interesting. If you're running, like, Amina 2 or some other commander that can manipulate the top card of your library then this becomes a lot more attractive yeah i'm not a big fan of just running it and then hoping, hoping that, for the best yeah, yeah hoping that the moment you draw <laughs> it is the turn where you really needed it yep yep i think that a better card that looks a lot worse is uh wake the dead no yeah i love the wake the dead so it's wake the dead is xbb instant cast a spell only during combat during on an opponent's turn Return X creature cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Sacrifice those creature cards at the beginning of the next end step. Its base cost is the same as Entreat the Dead's Miracle cost. It also just returns a bunch of guys from your graveyard to the battlefield. Sacrificing them is not a huge deal. No, It's also an instant, so you're likely going to be ambushing your opponents. Yep, and if they have Enters the Battlefield triggers, you get all those. It's, It's really cool. And if they have dice triggers, you get those immediately as well. Mm-hmm. Which is rad. So, I, I mean, and obviously Entreat the Dead is meant to be splashy and big, but I think it's it's just a... Just not as good as other existing options. Yeah, it's it's funny. Obviously, if you're a graveyard deck that cares about the top of your library, well, whoa-ho, buddy. Mm-hmm. We got a card for you, but <laughs> that's not most 
black reanimator decks. I don't even think Aminatu really cares that much about its graveyard. No, yeah, I don't think so either. So yeah, so the next one uh, is another, it's the Black Lieutenant, everybody. Get ready for this. It's a loyal subordinate. It's a 3-1 zombie for 2 and a black. It has Menace and Lieutenant. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control your commander, each opponent loses three life. Whoa. Whoa. I... <laughs> That's an appropriate reward for a 40 life format. <laughs> Whoa. So if you're playing a four player game, that's nine life a turn. Whoa. Please don't. Please don't play that. I would consider testing it in the Lich Queen's deck. Oh. <laughs> just because, you know, it comes down, it curves in before her. Oh, it has menace. And then, and then dealing three damage a turn. If you're in an aggro deck, that's a bit more attractive. Yeah. And also, if you ever draw it at a moment when it's bad, you can easily toss it. So. <laughs> that's true. That, okay, yeah, there you go. One case. It's a corner case for that, all the cards. That is the one deck I would consider running this one. <laughs> uh, the next card's pretty sweet. I'm yeah. actually really happy about it's this. It's a good card. Knight Incarnate. It's 3-4 Death Touch Elemental for four and a black. When it leaves the battlefield, all creatures get minus three, minus three until end of turn, and you can evoke it for three and a black. Yay, evoke! <laughs> I love evoke, and this is awesome. <laughs> like this is, you can get a bunch of value. A lot of commanders I'm noticing the more that uh, I've been playing are around three, three or less. So this does kind of nuke a lot of the category of like fast commanders. Which exists in the world, and I, I would not have thought of that a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, the fact that it's an elemental, it's got death touch, you can just play it, it's recurrable. Uh, I don't know, this is a very cool little tool for black. Yeah, I think that there are a couple commanders, like reanimator commanders, that would be pretty excited about this. Obviously not Chainer, but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> poor Chainer. But Marin of Clan Neltoth. She'll have a bunch of sack outlets that she can use to activate this guy, oh, yeah. trigger this guy. Um, and then, of course, she has four toughness, so she will survive it. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. with Carador, Ghost Chieftain. Oh, yeah, that's pretty great, actually. Yeah, he will also survive the thing, and you can evoke it from your graveyard because you're mm-hmm. casting mm-hmm. it. So those Ooh. seem like some good options. There's also some goofier stuff like Muldrotha or Cedrus. Um, so the next is the next storm card, or commander storm card, I guess, if you will, in the cycle. Skull Storm. It's seven and two black sorcery. Uh, when you cast this spell, copy it for each time you cast your commander from the command zone this game. And it has each opponent sacks a creature. Each opponent who can't loses half their life rounded up. This is the only one that, like made me want to do it Mm -hmm. this is the only one that made me want to jump through the hoop to try and do that how much of that is the art though if you had just gotten like a dominaria spoiler where it's just you know five lines of text (laughs) uh yeah i i don't know i i don't again i don't think this is like nine mana is a lot and yeah like herborg coffers exist in black blah 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 but this is a lot of mana. This is very obviously a late game card. Like the the other ones are late game cards by virtue of like that's the best time to cast them because you yeah. cast your commander that much. But this one they literally just like stamped it right on the cost line, right on the top there. Nine mana, come on everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is when you cast this. 
This is the only one where I think if you can actually get it to four or five plus, then it rewards you, like, appropriately for it. Yeah. But I... It'll just clear their boards and deal a bunch of damage. But also, if it's super late in the game and you're a black deck and you've got nine mana, then you probably have way more than nine mana. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how much you should be pumping into your Exsanguinate. <laughs> yeah yeah this is uh, again like i got excited to try and figure out a way to break this but the really the thing here is is that there's just so many better things for you to do I, i'm so sorry everyone i don't want to break your heart i want to leave it leave it in your hands gently but Skullstorm is probably probably not where you want to be mm-hmm. next yeah, card it is next, uh, black card Sower of Discard, it's four black-black for a 6-6 flying demon. As it enters the battlefield, choose two players. Whenever damage is dealt to one of the chosen players, the other chosen player also loses that much life. Zach, can you tell me if there are any (laughs) decks that like demons and that are aggressively oriented? Oh, man. God, yeah. So I really like... I think this is a cool card. I think it's a cool design. And I wish they'd put any other creature type onto this please every time they print a good demon or dragon that like does th- that kills multiple people quickly i just get so sad mm-hmm. because it just means that casual groups and groups everywhere are going to have to deal with kalia more than they already are and that's so that's so sad and we just got a really good demon yeah this like, year i mean just in battle bond we got archfiend of despair which does something similar in that it increases your dam the damage output of your kalia deck i guess it's cool that kalia is getting new pieces but the thing is like because kalia has so many things to pull from yeah like every time they print a good angel demon or dragon so there are just so many high quality options among those three creature types that it's going to get harder and harder to crack into yeah that's the the market yeah this like the suite of large fatties played by kalia yeah this one i think is just uh, just good in general i think this could go in a few like aggressive decks i think that's fine like the obviously like the cool play is to name yourself and an opponent, and then that's hilarious. You, yeah, dude, and then you get to die, and then you get to die. Kalia was a mistake. Um, all right. Uh, so the next card is red. We are getting in the red ones. Uh, so this is emissary of grudges. It is a six-five Ifrit with flying and haste for five and a red. It has as emissary of grudges enters the battlefield, secretly choose an opponent. Then it has reveal that player you chose. Choose new targets for target spell or ability if it's controlled by the chosen player, and if it targets you or a permanent you control. Activate this ability only once. Spring your sticky notes, kids. Um, <laughs> this is it's building on that uh, cat. Yeah. So last year there's the like stalker or something. What was it called? Leonin stalker, I believe. It was a cool card. It was like destroy stalking Leonin. There you go, stalking Leonin. It. Uh, Exiles a creature that's attacking you if the secret players atta- like did the thing. Um, this does the same thing with spells, but also this is a six-five flying haste for six, so it's uh, it's a big that's a big big guy. I think that they misevaluated what made stalking Leonin good. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I think the reason stalking Leonin was good was because 
there was a deck that just wanted to run as many cats as possible. Mm -hmm. And so Stalking Leonin was going to be in the deck just because it was like, okay, three cost, three, three cat that can potentially get value. Whereas there's no deck that is really looking for like the base case of Emissary of Grudges. So I just don't think this guy has a home. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird card. I don't think it's necessarily bad per se. I just think it's like there's not really ever going to be a reason to do this. It's not that interesting design space and it doesn't add anything to the format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that they should be a, doing a better job of exploring the possible archetypes in Commander and the weaknesses and needs of those archetypes mm-hmm. as opposed to exploring commander specific design space. Yeah, no, that's kind of been my problem the last few years is it seems like they're like, "Oh, well this is a cool thing we can do in commander" without thinking about where it fits. And I think like you just said, so I, I, that's the thing that really makes me most nervous when they announce the sets and the themes and the sets and stuff like that mm-hmm. is Oh, well, what big, stupid, splashy thing are they going to put in here that isn't playable? Because they, uh, as you probably heard us talk about so far, I've done a few of those. <laughs> but honestly, the next card's a pretty good example. Yeah, and, and I think that, <laughs> Sorry, I just want to say one more thing. Yeah, yeah. They're not trying to make cards that are powerful enough to shake up the format. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done it accidentally with, like, Chaos Warp. Yeah. But really, they're just trying to do, oh, this is, like, a fun effect that people can play like put in their commander decks and it'll be good in multiplayer but they don't want to make anything that really push the boundaries of efficiency mm-hmm. like when they make an eight cost spell it's not a win the game spell it's like a wow that was cool yeah yeah <laughs> but they have the opportunity to make cards that will benefit the format yeah yeah by just pushing the power in a very niche area yeah yeah no i i agree so they don't need to they, they don't need to keep printing chaos warps to affect commander they can they can target where they want to put their power yeah honestly they can just make like meteor golems and sky scanners and yeah. <laughs> like splendid reclamations yeah. uh and not this next card yeah. which is an abomination yes um so this is enchanter's bane uh can i read it is yes. that okay go for it so Enchantress Bane, it's one and a red for a red enchantment, as I just said. At the beginning of your end step, target enchantment deals damage equal to its converted mana cost to its controller, unless that player sacrifices it. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, so this is one of the things they talked about in, it, the, uh... in that article, it looks like, but also just on Twitter and everywhere where they're like... We uh, oh here you go. We'd seen a lot of requests for for a way for red to fight enchantments. However, that is outside of red's color pie. While we worked with Mark Rosewater and the Council of Colors to find a way to do just that, <laughs> whether red's opponent keeps their enchantment is always their choice. Red asks, "How much damage is this worth to you?" God, honestly, if this like costs four, but it was all of their enchantments, then like I would think about it, and then it would not be bad. The way it is now, like, this is, oh, this is so bad. It's very bad. I, I think the reason that it's bad is because, like, if you need to answer an enchantment, you need to do it right away. Yeah. It's not something like, oh, man, in, like, four turns, that's going <laughs> to add up enough damage that they're going to have to sacrifice it. It's like, no, if I don't deal with that doubling season, he's going to ultimate me with Jace next turn or yeah, something. Yeah, something stupid. The re- Like, spot removal needs to be... 
very needs to cheap be that, yeah. and it needs to be instantaneous. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you have Necrotal in your hand, if they're going to be like playing Kiki-Jiki the same turn, it targets yeah. Zealous Conscripts. Yeah, like that's it, exactly. So that this is just so sad. Like we didn't, I, I didn't want this. I know people were asking for it, but they're, they Wrong. don't, they don't know what they want. Like they wanted a meteor golem and kept asking for more. Yeah, meteor meteor golem is a much better answer yes. than Enchanter's game. Than... Yes. Oh my god, for so many reasons. Yeah. But, oh god. Okay. Um, the next card. Do you wanna? Do you yes. wanna go for it? So Fury Storm is two red red for an instant. When you cast this spell, copy it for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. You may choose new targets for the copies, and its ability is. Copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell, you may choose new targets for the copy. <laughs> how, how do you feel about this? There's so many better ways to do this. We even just got, like, like we we got double cast in oh, yeah, two red. Oh, yeah, sorcery speed fork. Yeah, sorcery speed fork. Like, that, even that alone is, like, a lot cooler than this is and, like, way easier to use and like let alone double cast which we also got earlier in the year which is also just way better mm-hmm. um cost one less mana like doubles multiple spells i just don't think this is necessary at all i don't like how reactive this is yes it's so much more expensive than the base rate for this effect yes yeah yeah so... it, it really is it, to a comparison to is um Oh, wild ricochet. Uh, wild ricochet. Like wild ricochet costs the same and is a cool good spell. Um, this does not do nearly as much as wild ricochet yeah. does. So that's that's a bad place to be. Yeah, I uh, not a huge fan of this effect. Also, like it just kind of sucks that your late game, like <laughs> you know, five copy things requires another card in order to do anything. Yeah, but yeah, that's kind of my biggest problem with the blue one too. Is that, like, the white one, okay, cool, I get, like, four angels. Yeah. The black one, like, I, maybe I rat the board, maybe I did a bunch of damage. This one and the blue one in particular, like, cool, I had this other card that I had to top deck. Yeah. That. Hopefully there's a target for this. Yeah, which feels really bad. Yeah. So, well, way flop. Um, so the next card is a Loyal Apprentice. It is a 2-1 Human Artificer with haste for one and a red. Um, aggressive. It has Lieutenant. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control your commander, create a 1-1 colorless stopter artifact creature token with flying. That token gains haste until end of turn. So if someone gains control of it, they don't they don't get haste. I actually don't hate this. I think this is like cool, really cheap token making. Yeah. There's some decks that really want this. I like efficient artifact token generation. I just gotta think about what red commander wants, wants that oh maybe like zeta yeah i was gonna say uh like zeta uh jorkadine um the battalion guy because this is gets you pretty yeah. close to the plus five plus five there's a few things that really want this but i don't know it's just a cool tool in the toolbox this is probably my favorite of the lieutenants i think yeah like looking at them all this is going to be a card I, like, definitely forget enough to keep learning about every time I do a gather search. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'll be really happy when I eventually one day put it in a deck. Yeah. Then, do you want to talk about the next one? Yes. Nesting Dragon is three red-red for a 5-4 flying dragon. Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, 
create a 0-2 red dragon egg creature token with defender and when this creature dies create a 2-2 red dragon creature token with flying and red this creature gets <laughs> plus one plus zero until end of turn close quotation close quotation yes. so um that's a lot of text basically landfall create a dragon egg and then dragon egg when a dragon egg dies you get a two tube fire breathing flying dragon yeah this they put this in the lands deck which we've already talked about how we feel about that mm-hmm. um i don't think this is a lands deck card like yet yeah, has landfall on it this is like a grindy value card this is like a card where like you get back your lands, you get the landfall trigger, now you got two bodies to sack to something. Like like this is not a card for for the lands deck, but I do think this has a home in like red decks, probably like Jund or Red Black or Red Green decks that have sack outlets. Like I don't know, you you can grind a lot of value out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um but I think the fail case scenario of this thing being a <laughs> like landfall reward i think it falls very far behind in that regard yeah i agree it um it doesn't give you a way to win the game yeah it's very passive it's kind of relying on your opponents like please break these and or relying on other cards like i guess i should wipe my own board so that i can yeah get a bunch of dragons it's it's cute with earthquake and earthquake effects like deal damage to all non-flyers because like you crack the eggs and then they all don't get hit by the next one Mm -hmm. but like at that point like i put it in uh, your fire song and sunspeaker deck yeah i put it in your fire song and sunspeaker i actually don't know if there's a great red sack outlet actually maybe like Shatter Game Brothers. Although those are those guys are kind of inefficient. Yeah, they're they're really slow. Yeah, maybe that's a design space oh, they have to play around with. Thromok. <laughs> uh, you you feed him to Thromok and he got a two-two flyer. All right, that's a lot of yeah. Sure. Thromok loves eggs. Yeah, that's uh, I, every few years I try to make a Thromok deck and it just is a combo deck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe they need to make like a. A better black red sack outlet commander because like Lizolda is just like yeah yeah mm-hmm. the no. fact that you don't like the value you get from sacking red creatures isn't that good it's like oh I guess I shouldn't play all my goblin token generators in this time. yeah it's really goof do you want to go on to the next one sure yeah so the next card is reality scramble it is two and two red sorcery it has put target permanent you own on the bottom of your library. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a card that shares a card type with that permanent. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And it also has Retrace. And so just as a refresher, Retrace, you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a land card in addition to paying its other costs. Um, So basically, it turns your lands and hands into a copy of this card while it's in your graveyard. I like this card a lot. Yeah, no, this is rad. <laughs> it's basically a Proteus Staff, although it works for other card types. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things you can do with it. It helps that there are a couple red commanders that have unusual card types. So, for example, yeah. like, what would you do? Like, let's say you had Perforos as your commander. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't, and you ran, like, only one other enchantment in your deck, and it was really mm-hmm. backbreaking. Or, actually, here, better example, um, Karanos. Yeah, Karanos is pretty cool. And Karano and like Blue Red can more easily like search out Reality They're... Scramble and then you get your 
mm-hmm, mm-hmm. messed you, up enchantment on the battlefield or uh, planeswalker commander yeah you can get the the whatever chandra you want out of your deck yeah you could also so like if you ran sahili as your commander and had reality scramble you could either um flip into a planeswalker of your choice or you mm-hmm. could make it so that like you only have like one artifact or one creature and mm-hmm. then your servo flips yeah oh yeah. actually it could hit for either one so maybe that doesn't work out quite as well. i don't know i think still getting like because it's still a land to turn your servo into something that's better than a one one servo mm-hmm. so i think even just like in that case the fail case of having like an artifact token turn into any other card in your deck and then do that every turn that's not even i mean that's not efficient but it's not bad uh, like, if you top-decked Reality Scramble and, like, in your Sahili deck, you're probably in a pretty good spot. <laughs> That's probably not bad. So I I'm, I like this card a lot. Yeah, I, I think it's very cool. Um, and then I wish, I really wish there were more cards that entered the battlefield and swapped control of stuff. Oh. Um, maybe <laughs> this might actually be decent in, maybe in, like, Zedru. <laughs> If you got, like, because you're going to be running your Gilded Drake, maybe, like, a Spawn Broker. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's you own. It's you own. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Yeah, actually, that is, it is a lot better in Zedru. Yeah. This, that's the, the great thing about Retrace is that um, it just leads to a lot of really cool engines. Like Yeah. Like, this is... I'm glad that this card is Retrace because this is, again, like, this is a cool niche effect in which you can build around it and plan for it in ways to give you an advantage that doesn't break the format. Mm-hmm. They, like, they put a bunch of power into this card without taking power away or, like, knocking a red card out of every other red deck. Yeah, no, like, it's, that's the thing. This is a great uh, card that works on multiple levels because, like, Timmy is going to play this card and it's like, oh, I'm going to target my Dragon Egg token... And yeah. flip into this fifteen fifteen needle, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Whereas you know Spike is like looking at the angles, like okay, what card type can I basically completely pull out of my deck so yeah. that I guarantee Reality Scramble hits what I want? Yeah, which is pretty cool. Which is yeah, that's fun too. The next card, do you care if I read this one too? Go for it. So this is Sahili's directive. It's X red 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 sorcery. It has Improvise, so um, it's the Convoke for Artifacts. You can tap your Artifacts to help pay uh, for the cost of this spell. Uh, Then it has Reveal the top X cards of your library. You may put any number of Artifact cards with converted mana cost X or less from among them onto the battlefield. Then uh, put all cards revealed this way that weren't put onto the battlefield into your graveyard. So this is Artifact Genesis Wave. Mm -hmm. And that's not i mean that's not bad it's it's definitely not as good as genesis wave i don't think this is as this is nearly as good as genesis wave is but you certainly get a bunch of value out of it so genesis wave hits oh any number of permanent cards yeah oh jesus yeah so because I, I know genesis wave is basically your library <laughs> yeah so the thing is, so with genesis wave you will most likely have a higher than 80 percent hit rate yeah, oh, much higher, yeah. Maybe maybe like 90% even. That's not unreasonable. Cause yeah. Because, you, you know, you've got 40 lands to start with, and then, you know, if you're playing a green heavy green deck, maybe like 30 creatures, mm-hmm. and then maybe mana rocks, champions, yeah, yeah, yada. So your hit rate for Genesis Wave is going to be huge. It's almost, it's you know, it's close to one-to-one. Whereas with Sahili's Directive, even in a very heavy artifact deck, 
you know, you'll have like the three artifact lands you're allowed to run. You'll have <laughs> maybe like maybe like thirty artifacts, and then maybe like ten artifact creatures. So even in a dedicated artifact yeah. deck, your hit rate is going to be less, probably less than half of what you would get in, yeah, yeah, yeah. out of a Genesis wave. Yeah, which is not 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 that good. Yeah, and the I don't think the improvise is that big of a benefit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't actually think you're going to squeeze too much more out of it. Because most, like, most of those artifacts you're going to be running are going to be like mana rocks. Yeah. Or maybe like your artifact lands. It's <laughs> like they were going into the X anyway. You're not going to have a whole lot of stuff lying around. The next one is pretty cool, though. Treasure Napper. It is two and a red for a Goblin Rogue. It's a 3-2, and it has... Whenever an opponent taps an artifact for mana, gain control of that artifact until the end of your next turn. What do you think of this? This is great. <laughs> I agree. Oh, uh, this is so cool. This is a really cool way for red. Like, they, they really stretch to try and give colors things within their color pie that kind of helped fix uh, problems mm-hmm. with them. Uh, and Treasure Nabber is an example of them doing that right. Um, like, I think, like, they looked at red, they went, what can red do? And then gave it something that couldn't be in a standard legal set or i guess this could but it doesn't really make sense yeah but like makes more sense in the commander set makes players in commander happy stays within red's color pie and is good this actually like could reasonably be a staple i think in the format just because uh, as the picture of the goblin holding the soul ring kind of explains to you (laughs) you also get the soul rings so those games where you go your friend goes like, oh, turn one soul ring, boots pass, or whatever, and then you feel really bad. And then you go, okay, mana crypt, treasure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's good either way. It, it ramps you as long as your opponents are ramping, and like, come on, they're going to be ramping. Mm-hmm. They're going to they're gonna be playing those Gilded Lotuses and Thrain Dynamos and soul rings and, and uh, Grim Monoliths and yeah. whatever. They're, they're going to have all the good stuff. Like, it's Commander. Like, that's what you do. I think it's pretty safe to say that unless green is overrepresented in your meta, yeah, this is going to get utility during many games, most games. And then another thing I, I liked about it is um, it also works really, really well with the other red artifact interactions. Yes. It's not just a good stuff card. It is a good stuff card in the sense that it gets you value off of this thing that is common in the format, but... It also gives you sack fodder for Duretti and Goblin Welder. Yes, which is so cool. Yeah, if you trade your opponent's soul ring for your soul ring, yes. you feel like a genius. Yeah, or if you like turn trading post. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. That you that's also like you feel really good about that. And mm. also like if they don't tap their soul ring because they don't want you to throw it into your goblin welder or trading post then or whatever. Your guy's just a null rod, and that's fine. Yeah. Like either yes. way, like their option is the options are either you get mana or they get less mana. Yeah, which and, is. I mean, it's still a choice on their part, but it's still like at the rate you're getting this, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, which is that's awesome. Yeah, that's like, great. Man, I got a, a message in my inbox the other day, and some guy was like. You always complain about how bad giving your opponents choices is. Like, <laughs> does that mean you don't like Ristic Study? It's like, I mean, if the rate is good enough and yeah. both options are pretty decent, or or like, 
if it always works out in your favor, then sure. Like it's really just a matter of the vast majority of cards that offer choices don't do it at a rate the rate that's, they need to. That's strong enough. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely true. Whereas Treasure Never, I think both of these choices are great. Yeah, yeah. Do whatever you want, opponents. It's uh, awesome. I benefit either way. I think we're, mo- we're moving on to green, and I really don't want to spend too much time on this next card, if you're okay with that. Were there any good green cards? <laughs> <laughs> There's a few interesting ones. Uh, this one is not... I'm not... Okay. Crash of Rhino Beetles. It is a 5-5 five, five trample insect for 4 and a green. And it has uh, Crash of Rhino Beetles gets plus 10, plus 10, as long as you control 10 or more lands. There you go. There's your, <laughs> your lands theme. The haha. Um... This is a big beater. It uh, dies to attrition. My blood gas is going to get sacked to kill your Crash of Rhino Beetles. I'm so sorry. Uh, which corset was this reprinted from? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. I don't want to talk about this. this I, is... I hate that they spent one of our 50 slots on this card. Yeah, that's 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 my the thing I want to say about this, is that this could have been anything. This could have cared about lands in an interesting way, in a cool way, and instead it didn't. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the next card? Genesis Storm, four green green sorcery. When you cast this spell, copy it for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-land permanent card. You may put that card onto the battlefield. Then put all cards revealed this way that weren't put onto the battlefield on the bottom of your library in a random order. <laughs> what, what do you think? This is just so bad. Like this is we were just talking about reality scramble and like a cool way, like a repeatable way to get value off of basically this effect Mm -hmm. but this is one shot you have to have cast your commander a bunch of times and you can't like there's almost no way to control what you get there is no way to control what you get other than like a miri's guile or something like that like you're gonna spend six mana on a lanowar elf yes you're gonna or or like a you, you could spend six mana and get yeah like a a wood elves and uh like a mana rock or yeah, like even something. getting a soul ring off of this is a terrible deal yes like this is not it's not okay it's uh, like the uh, only way this is going to be really exciting is if you run like no mana rocks no mana dorks yes like nothing but land-based acceleration and fatties yeah it it is really not yeah not what, what i'm looking for yeah it's um, so the next card is uh, Loyal Guardian. It is a 4-4 Rhino with Trample for 4 and a green. It has Lieutenant. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control your commander, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on each creature you control. I, I, this is like a niche card. Like, because that's a very free, easy way to do this. It's like not the best way to do this, though. I I actually... I, I, it's fine. I think I like it. I've been debating on whether to put it into Pure and Toothy. I, I kind of like this card. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it's that's totally fair. It's, uh, like you said, it is niche. The reason it's better than, like, Loyal Drake is because I think this reward is actually a lot more niche than it looks. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't run this in a Green X token Oh, deck. no, no, no. Yeah, not at all. But I would, cons- but I think for the plus one, plus one counter deck, like, just getting plus one, plus one counters on your entire team... Is great. It's really important for turning on a lot of effects yeah and it's actually like harder than it looks there aren't actually that many good ways to just 
just put a counter on all my guys. Yeah, no, I was looking and like Primeval Protector is like one of the only ones that does that. They had like the Tuskers, something yeah. in Kaladesh that does, it's a five five for five. That yeah, does you it. got like Rich Scale Tusker yeah. and Verderous Gear Hulk, and it honestly kind of dries up after. that. Yeah, you get uh, Rishkar puts two counters onto things, and that's like good because it's a going rate that's cheap and like. No, you're really dropping off. You really need a way to just turn on your effects because there's things like draw a card for each creature you control with, with a, a plus one counter. counter on yeah, it. there's just other bonuses that you just don't have access to if you can't kick off the yeah the counters. I guess I like this more now that I'm thinking about it. Now that we've talked about it, but I, I didn't hate it. I, I think it's interesting. Apparently. Loyal Guardian is actually... It's not just a rhino. It's actually a Loxodon without a job, as Mark Rosewater said on his blog. So that's a fun fact about Loyal Guardian. Yeah, uh, do you want to talk about the next one? I actually stirred up some discussion. So Myth Unbound. Two and a green enchantment. Your commander costs one less to cast for each time it's been cast from the command zone this game. Whenever your commander is put into the command zone from anywhere, draw a card. Uh, what do you what do you think about this card? I think that as a card, it's there's some really niche things again. That that's the word of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, that this does, and some commanders that this works with. But I, I don't think you just throw this. Like if you're doing a myth unbound thing, like you're doing a myth unbound thing. Like you're 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 getting value out of it. You're you're not just kind of throwing this into a green deck. Yeah, you're maybe comboing off with Proch. Yeah, or exactly. Maybe Derevi. Yeah, yeah, you're you're getting some absurd value off of it, as opposed to like saving on some commander tax. Yeah, no, the base case is really bad if you think about it, because mm-hmm. like you're spending three mana to maybe save like three mana. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, it, yeah, it's, the next, it's... and only on your commander, mm-hmm. and then the commander leaving the battlefield has to happen after Myth Unbound is already on the battlefield. Yeah, so there, there, yeah, there, we're trying to think of ways to break these things that like the newer O Ring variants that like exile it, but you can put it in the command zone, but then it comes back. But most of those honestly don't hit your own things. Well, Which is the worst part? Well, are there just are there commanders that just run like cloud shift, ev- like every cloud shift variant? Yeah, I guess in green though, I'm not sure. I guess maybe rune might. I don't see many rune but, decks yeah. <laughs> running around. So I think we'll we'll come back to this because there's definitely and uh, obviously like there are ca- like people are talking about if you have three of them then you can blah 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 and that's 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 Christmas land that's going way too far. Yeah. So please, please don't. You don't need to do that. But I don't know. I think there is tech with this. I think it is an interesting card. It's interesting that they printed it. I saw someone say that this is the death of the format, and I laughed my my. So uh, yeah, I laughed my little booty off. So there's a couple like blue flicker effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, blue I think is the best color to pair with this. Yeah. And I was thinking like maybe like Prime Speaker Zagana, but the thing is like you don't need additional cards <laughs> Yeah, you're drawing so many at cards. that point. Yeah, so it's really it's kind of a it's a head scratcher, but I think it's a card that like new players will read and get excited by and then hopefully they will one day realize that it doesn't do anything. <laughs> 
Next card, Nylea's Colossus. Six and green for a 6-6 six, six enchantment creature, giant. Constellation, whenever Nylea's Colossus or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, double target creature's power and toughness until end of turn. What do you think of this card? So I, I was kind of hoping for more constellation effects and not this one in particular, but yeah. I think this is fine because it, it really it gives your enchantment deck a way to kill someone, mm-hmm. and that's fine, that's good. But it, this isn't what I was hoping for. So I would probably run this into Vasa since I'm trying to do enchantment Voltron. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is really not what I was hoping to get out of constellation. Like just like power and toughness don't matter that much yeah in commander i was really hoping to get constellation rewards that are actually relevant instead of like you know underworld coinsmith you all <laughs> lose a life <laughs> yeah which oh god yeah it just makes me so sad yeah I, I, yeah i don't know i don't really have too much to say about it. also it's vanilla other than the power yeah, deafness doubling it doesn't it doesn't give trample I it really doesn't wish it did like yeah if this doubled power and toughness and gave trample then i would probably like it more than i do mm-hmm. now because then at least you actually probably are hurting someone i know but some guy is going to like he's going to open his precon <laughs> and he's going to cast his nylea's colossus and pump his creature and then he's going to look across the board and see, like, a field of dragon egg tokens. And, and servos and, <laughs> and whatever else. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. So the next card is Ravenous Slime. It is a 1-1 one, one ooze for two and a green. It has Ravenous Slime can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. And if a creature an opponent controls would die, instead exile it and put a number of plus one, plus one counters uh, equal to that creature's power onto Ravenous Slime. So it, this hoses Sacks strategies and Graveyard strategies. It gets very big. Pseudo evasion with the tiny things can't block it. It's three mana. This is I mean, this is fine. This is mostly a big beater. It, it, it does, it fits in the same niche that Kalitas 2.0 kind of sits in, where like it hoses your opponent's sacking things and stuff like that. Here's but, my rebuttal. Yeah. I hate this card. <laughs> it's just a vanilla creature. Like, graveyard hate is definitely worth less than a card in Commander. Mm-hmm. I think Bojukabog and Nihil Spellbomb, those are the rate setters in terms of what you want to be paying <laughs> yeah. for graveyard hosing. So this is graveyard hosing. It's narrow graveyard hosing. It doesn't do anything to, like, make up for the card you are spending on this effect. Yeah. It's just a vanilla beater. It's also a vanilla beater that, like, starts off as a 1-1 and requires other things to happen for it to do anything. (laughs) So, I think this is a card that really has no place in Commander. (laughs) I think it's extremely bad. I think the art looks like it came from a 1970s D&D monster manual. Yeah, the the art is definitely like the cover of a Pulp Fiction novel. Like, for sure, it's not not super cool. Yeah. It's cool because it's campy, but I didn't really want campy. I didn't ask for this. This is the, like, 1950s novelization of the blob. Yes. I don't see any line of text on this card that could not have been printed in a standard legal set. Yeah, that is that is actually one of the... Big, that, that's my biggest gripe. I, I 
don't agree that it has no place in Commander. I think that opponents will get trolled if you run this because their sack outlets are so common. I don't think it's very good. I do agree with that. And I totally... The thing that upsets me most about this card is this could have been a Dominaria. Mm-hmm. Like, this could have been in M19. This could have been in any set. It could have been in literally any set. It could have been in a core set. It could have been anywhere. <laughs> there are several cards in this just in green yeah green got the short end of the stick for sure this year there's there's another one coming up that even though i like it and think it's good it also could have fit in any standard yeah. set and would not have been a problem yeah so let's i mean well let's let's get closer to it do you want to do the next card oh, man i just got more anger to get out but, <laughs> but sure <laughs> um so so entitled <laughs> <laughs> um so the next card is turn timber sower it is a 3-3 three, three Elf Druid for 2 and a green. It has whenever one or more land cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, create a 0-1 green plant creature token. And it has green, sacrifice 3 creatures, return target land card from your graveyard to your hand. I actually really like this thing. I think this is a, you can get a lot of value when you're doing self-mill and stuff like that, which is really what this kind of... Well, it is one or more. So oh, it's one or more? Yeah. Oh, no. I guess it's another Mesmeric Orb. I know, they put the child on this card. God damn it. Mesmeric Orb is your best friend, everybody. As it always has been, yeah. as it always will be. I know. It took us a long time to appreciate Mesmeric Orb. He was mm-hmm. like just kind of working behind the scenes, yeah. <laughs> like trying to make our lives better, and we weren't ready for it. Mm-hmm. We weren't ready for like the advice and help he was given. Yeah, he really, really got our backs there. Uh, oh man now that i know that it's not i'm not as high on it as i was i do think it's still like you can eke value out of this and this is kind of more what i was thinking of when they were talking about lands matter Mm -hmm. is like this literally is lands matter it's like you it's a grindy card that gets you value over the course of the game and playing with like your lands and discarding lands and milling and blah 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 so I'm happy that this is a another Lands Matter card in the Lands Matter deck. It's such like an inefficient engine, though. Yeah, it's really, really not going as hard as I thought it was. The way I see this working is like, okay, on my turn, I'll sack three fetches because I've just got, you know, I've got my Ramanap Excavator, I've got multiple <laughs> extra land drop effects, and then I get three plant tokens. And then if my opponent tries to attack my Lord Windgrace, I'll like block, 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 and then sack him and get back one of my fetches. So it's just yep. an engine that can potentially like save you some life and adds it buy three, get one free yeah. <laughs> to milling lands or sacking fetches. Yeah. Or discarding stuff to like or Borgmos or yeah. Seismic Assault. Various yeah, various discard effects. I just I kind of think this reward is not good enough. Yeah, it's really slow. It's really underwhelming. It's inefficient. It's inefficient. You they're only zero ones too. Like I understand the whole point is to sack them, but like the why isn't it just you get a one zero? One. Why can't I get a sapperling? Yeah, well if it has like you said like the child locks on it, why couldn't it have been a one one? Yeah, why couldn't it have been a sapperling? Like if they took the child locks off, okay, sure, give me a zero one plant token like for each land I milled. Okay. Mm-hmm that what's the harm mm-hmm. in that you still are playing a card that does nothing on its own yeah so i i i don't know 
between this and the dragon, it's like, is is the sub-theme in the lands deck just not winning? <laughs> yeah, the sub-theme in the lands deck is being upset with yourself for buying the lands deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's actually the theme for that deck this year. So the next card, if you're ready for it, yeah. is Whip Tongue Hydra. And it is a 4-4 Lizard Hydra with Reach and for 5 and a green. It has, when Whip Tongue Hydra enters the battlefield... Destroy all creatures with flying. Put a plus one, plus one counter on Whip Tongue Hydra for each creature destroyed this way. So you, we got uh, Bane of Flyers. <laughs> this is the card you were referencing earlier. Yeah. So I like this card. I've actually mm-hmm. like had a soft spot for um, Tornado Elemental. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. Past. I think it's just like a solid ETB that can easily get value in yeah. this format. Um, oh, yeah. Especially like because there are so many good flyers just in the format yeah it costs six whatever it's a lot of bang for your buck yeah it's a lot of creatures even if you get like two or three creatures for green that's great yeah 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 you, green doesn't normally get to blow up three creatures my for own, one card my only issue with this card is like again there's no text on this that couldn't have been printed in the standard set yeah yeah th- this could have been in dominaria this could have been ravnica could like this M19. could have been M19. This could have been anywhere. I like that it's a lizard hydra. I think that's cute. Mm-hmm. But again, like they could have put frog lizard hydra and it was a Simic card in Guilds of Ravnica. Or whatever. Like they could have done they anything. They could have made it a dinosaur hydra. They could have put it in Ixalan. <laughs> exactly. Like it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Like the, this again. Like I also very much like this card and we will probably be playing it. And it just didn't need to be here. So I'll, I'll give them credit. Like this is a card that adds to the format. But it's a shame to see so many standard legal and vanilla cards when this year is supposed to be focused on these archetypes and they have so few slots devoted to giving the archetypes tools. Yeah, really. It's really sad. (laughs) So the next card is Windgrace's Judgment. It is an instant. It costs three black-green. And it has, for any number of opponents, destroy target non-land permanent that player controls. Boom. That's it. You just blow it up. I think this is, this is good. Yeah, I <laughs> like, think it's a good card, too. Like, people are talking about this being a new format staple, and I, it's pretty close to that. I, I don't know if it is necessarily, but I, definitely you can run this in most decks, and it's going to do work for you. It's not as good as it could be, just yeah. because, like... With your instant speed spot removal, you you mostly care about like destroying the one thing that is going to kill you at the cheapest rate possible. Yeah, exactly. At the cheapest rate possible is important because you want to hold up as little mana as possible in case there aren't good targets. Yeah. So holding up five for this is not great, but on the other hand, it's going to kill like probably the three most threatening yeah. permanents. Yeah, so it's like, that's fine. That's good. I, I, I like that card. I don't know. I wish it was different or... It, cost less or honestly like this didn't need to be this could have cost less and not been an instant and just been like maelstrom pulse kind of ish but like one thing for each play like i mean it it, i like that it's an instant like grasp of fate already exists yeah so i i don't know i don't know i i actually wouldn't have minded if this was one green black instant just destroy target non-land permanent yeah 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 yeah. just give Grave green black the anguished unmaking like why not it's in their color pie it is yeah it's in the color pie and hence why this can blow up any non-land per it just i don't know it yeah. doesn't make sense 
So this is Ancient Stone Idol. Uh, this is a 12-12 golem with flash for 10 mana. And it has... This spell costs one less to cast for each attacking creature. Oh, it also has trample. I forgot about that. It was kind of hidden in the middle there. And then it has... When Ancient Stone Idol dies, create a 6-1 colorless construct artifact creature token with trample. Um, so this is a reference to a few things from Zendikar Block. Like, the picture is it's the picture of the Kosi the Trickster God, or mm-hmm. it's a, the idol of Kosi the Trickster God. Yep. Um, it's also a reference to Stone Idol Trap from original Zendikar, which had like a twelve, a 6-12 trample head yep. rolling down at you. Um, also, the cost reduction is a reference to that. Um, th- one thing <laughs> that like Wizards has this weird infatuation with is that I don't know if anyone's told them that you, uh, one big creature can't stop all the little creatures mm-hmm. coming at you. I know. If somebody's, like, overrunning and then sending, like, <laughs> a bunch of 4-4 trampling sapperlings at me, yeah. Stone Idol's not gonna do a whole lot. Yeah, and, and I, I guess the cute thing is that, like, when someone else gets alpha-striked, you can... Alpha-struck. Alpha-struck, yeah, alpha-struck. Uh, you can just flash this bad boy in, get your twelve twelve on the cheap. Um, it's oh yeah, that's the other thing because it's cozy. It's also kind of a reference to Cosalite because it's yeah. a twelve twelve for ten. Yeah, which is cool. So this, I mean, in in the abstract, I really like this card. Am I gonna play it? No, I uh, don't think this really adds much to the artifact deck. Huge beaters are not exactly what that archetype needs. No, it's it's uh, Bosch is happy. You can throw this bad boy and get some value left over. Sure, sure. that's an option. Uh, I mean, it does play well with Goblin Welder, but also, I I don't know, I think the deck would like more interaction and more card draw and less huge fat. (laughs) No, yeah, this is not really what you're looking for. Like, yeah, you can amass multiple 612 constructs if you're activating Goblin Welder every turn. Yeah. But that doesn't matter that much in commander yeah also or, or like this is good uh th- this is the case where i think it's get felden this is very good in felden of the third path mm-hmm. um you reanimate or you you make a token you, copy of this from your graveyard yeah. you hit him for 12 you sack it you get a 6 12 like that's a good thing but that's like i don't know most most red artifact decks aren't gonna but care. when you compare it to meteor golem or yeah. <laughs> yeah, so many other things. Or what's the name of that Sphinx? Sandstone Oracle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just things that are going to move you along the axes that really matter in Commander. Yep. This next card does that uh, for a prize. So the next card is Coveted Jewel. It is uh, an artifact for six mana. It has when Coveted Jewel enters the battlefield, draw three cards... It also has tap, add three mana of any one color, and then it also has when whenever one or more creatures an opponent controls attack you and aren't blocked, that player draws three cards and gains control of Coveted Jewel. Untap it. If you're thinking, wow, this sounds awesome as I was reading that card, yeah, you probably and also welcome had your... Welcome to Magic. Welcome to Magic. <laughs> I don't think this, like, you do not play fair with this. Like, this is the kind of card that you, like... You goblin welder it into play, you draw three cards, you like make a bunch of mana and then you sack it to your Phyrexia's core mm-hmm. and like mine, no one else. Yeah. And and you're if you're using this card, you're not playing fair with it. Yeah, no. ETB triggers. Yeah. 
activate my spidey senses. That's like, so great. Especially, like, this artifact with an ETB, and and it's honestly not that much further off than uh, Gilded Lotus, and the fact that it taps for three right away means that you can probably activate that sack outlet that uh, you're looking for mm-hmm. <laughs> if you uh, didn't have a free one already. Yeah, now you, now you can use your trading post. Yeah, wow, that's freaking great. Uh, you get two mana also in addition to whatever those three cards were. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Do you want to talk about the next card? Endless Atlas. Two cost artifact. Pay two. Tap. Draw a card. Activate this ability only if you control three or more lands with the same name. So this and one of the the new lands in this set seem to be aimed at offering more tools for monocolor decks. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm actually, I like this card. I think that this is a, an interesting reward for really, honestly, just like mono white and mono red and... And is it efficient enough for this format? Even uh, in mono white and mono red? I'm not sure. I think in mono white, yeah. Like, uh, you're scrounging pretty right, hard. Mono white would, For sure. mono right, white, but I, mono red, like, like you you have so many shenanigans you can pull with artifacts and and the sack outlets and trash for treasure and, and uh, even all like, stuff. Even, already. like, efficient looting in red or, like, wheel yeah. effects. I think red is doing okay, so yeah. this is probably just a white card. Yeah, um, I'm glad. I, I, I am glad it exists. I, it's it's a cool, fair way to draw cards. But uh, whenever I say the word fair, I'm not very excited. Yeah, no. The thing the thing is like, when every other color has access to unfair effects, like this doesn't come up to the level of the colored cards, the <laughs> colored card draw in like any other color. Yeah, exactly. And and the first card costs four, and then the second. Like two cards cost six. Like it, it, it gets better over time, but it's still like and that's also, a pretty heavy investment, especially considering that every other color is like better at ramping than you are. Yes. <laughs> Having to pay more mana to get your cards when you have less mana to begin with. This is not yeah where you want to be. Yeah, definitely. But fortunately, they printed that Pegasus to solve all your problems. Oh yeah, look at that, everybody! All right, next card. So Geode Golem is a 5-3 Golem with Trample for 5. Uh, it has uh, this spicy little thing. Whenever Geode Golem deals combat damage to a player, you may cast your commander from the command zone without paying its mana cost. And then there's some reminder text, you still pay any additional costs. So your friend that goes turn 1, land Soaring Grim Monolith in their... Uh, Willabog 2.0 deck, and then next turn goes Geode Golem. Probably going to win that game. Mm -hmm. So, everyone have fun with that. I think this is a really interesting effect. That's very powerful. Mm -hmm. That is, what a hoop to jump through. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think uh, the decks that most care about it are ones that have absurdly expensive commanders. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that have poor ramp options... I can definitely imagine somebody like in that scenario you're describing, even if it dies like on its first attack, like gets blocked by a three three, yeah. tramples over, like oh, touches the goal, yeah, rings that buzzer, and then like air raid, yeah. Go off. <laughs> yeah. So this, I mean, this is definitely like we keep saying niche cards, and this is one of them. But oh boy, do you get rewarded for? for that yeah i mean if you're casting kozilek or ulamog off of this you don't give a yeah. damn about whether this guy lives or dies yeah it's it, that's pretty nuts you're kind of on a different axis from everyone else for the rest of the game 
Yeah. Um, so especially like if you can get them down early when Annihilator Four really matters. Yes. <laughs> That's why like the even old Ulamog like coming in blowing up someone's white source so they can't swords your Ulamog, mm-hmm. and then coming in Annihilator Four every turn with your indestructible beater like that. That that's game is over. That's it. You're done. So the next artifact, this is the last new artifact, is Retrofitter Foundry. It costs one mana. It has three untap Retrofitter Foundry. Two tap, create a 1-1 colorless servo artifact creature token. One tap, sacrifice a servo, create a 1-1 colorless thopter artifact creature token with flying. And then tap, sack a thopter, create a 4-4 colorless construct artifact creature token. Um, so, as the name implies, and as you can probably tell, uh, it gets cheaper and easier to upgrade your crappy little 1-1 one, one to uh, Big Boy 4-4. Four, four. If you add up all the mana you gotta do, though, it's like... It's a lot. <laughs> it's three, four... It's six, four it's mana ten. and two creatures and three taps. It's like, well, no, well, because you gotta untap it each oh, time. Oh, yeah, so in one turn. So yeah. it's like ten mana... Yeah, to get a 4-4. Four, four. I, I don't think this is good as just a thing. Yeah. I think this is good when you have a bunch of Thopters. So, like, when you're taking Thopters yeah. for free and you're... Make a 4-4 four, four on tap. Make them. a 4-4. Four, four. Like, upgrading your Thopters at instant speed is a lot better than, like, oh, now I got my Servo and then I'll untap it and now I got my Thopter and then I'll untap Like, that, that is not... You're not getting any sick value there. Yeah. I'd, I'd consider running this in Psy. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think or, this is a really uh, good side card. Are there any other repeatable Thopter generators? I don't know if it's good enough if you're just like, Brea, make my two Thopter... Into <laughs> four fours. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, I think that it's good in, like, Kirkesh and with the new red person, Pia and Kieran, and Pia in general. Obviously, they like Thopters, and they like Servos. I think Servos are actually pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. So I think this is one of those cards that just, like, every few years is going to get something and make it better. Or, like, it'll get a commander at some point in time and it'll just get better. Yeah, no, I would love to see more efficient Thopter token generation. Yeah, because people love Thopters. I love Thopters. Yeah. You love Thopters. We all love Thopters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so one day, one day that'll be the thing. All right, last two cards. Uh, one is Forge of Heroes, which is a land. It taps for a colorless mana. And also has tap, choose target commander that entered the battlefield this turn. Put a plus one plus one counter on it if it's a creature, and a loyalty counter on it if it's a planeswalker. This is not something I would run in every deck. Definitely. Like, please don't just run this in every deck. There are certain of the planeswalker commanders that uh, get a little bit of a boon from this. Sometimes you can get them to a certain threshold... Yeah, uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head. That's okay, I'm doing the research now. All just, right, nice. Just keep talking. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as like the plus one, plus one counter also, uh, it's it's not not really worth it. Like If you're in green, you could just run Orn Reef, and that puts it on your whole team. I mean, this is a common. This is one of the common lands that they're including in all the decks, and there's a reason for that. Like, There's not too much power in this. It's really good in Conda or in uh, in uh, Isamaro Hound of Conda. Sorry, mm-hmm. uh, you go like you wait a turn. Now you two choose a three. three. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I looked at all the uh, planeswalkers that can also be commanders, and 
most of their ultimates are expensive enough that this doesn't really make a huge difference in terms of when you can yeah. activate them. Yeah, that makes sense. They unfortunately seem to be balanced so that this card doesn't do anything. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, no, this is, as I, I don't know, it's the common, it's the common land they put in every deck. Um, yeah, you know, I would, I wish this instead just had like, more like a graft ability, more like Lanowar Reborn. Yeah. Because I just hate having to like, make my commander cost one more mana. Yeah, I agree. To use this ability. Just have it give me like, one free loyalty counter or plus one plus one counter per game yeah no i i actually agree with that too just just like this has a like it has a hero counter on it and then when a when a commander enters you can put it you can remove the hero counter to put a plus one counter or loyalty counter on it like that would have been fine i would have actually liked that yeah but this way it's there's not that many commanders it really matters for like maybe a voltron commander where it yeah <laughs> the one the single counter but the thing is like with voltron you just want to get it down early yeah so it's not it's not like this is the kind of card that is better in the mid game with commanders that don't cost that much and even then i don't even think it's worth it and then you're probably watering down your mana base to play this and you could have played something cool like Maze of Ith instead. <laughs> like, there's some... I don't know. It's just... I'm not I'm not super into it. I know. They should have just used the slot to reprint Ash Barons again. Yes. Yeah, that would actually would have been way cooler. Yep. Um, this next card is the last one. It's... Uh, seems good. Yeah, it's a rare. It's a uh, isolated watchtower. It has tap, add colorless, and it also has two, tap, scry one, then you may reveal the top card of your library. If a basic land card is revealed this way, put it onto the battlefield tapped. Activate this ability only if an opponent controls at least two more lands than you. I do think this is good. I would run this in a, like, controlling mono-white build. Yeah, I I think that that's totally fair. Yeah, I think the basic land part definitely relegates it to monocolor decks. Yeah, I I think it's monocolor decks. Again, I think this kind of, like, I'm staring at red and white again, being that they're the colors with the hardest time uh, on this axis in particular. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it. I like the scry one built into it, so, like, worst case scenario, you get that jank you didn't want out of the way. The the ramp, when you hit it, is great. The opportunity cost isn't that high for running this in your deck. Like, you're probably maybe already running terrain generator. Mm-hmm. Scrying is helpful, uh, ramping is helpful, catching up is helpful. White still needs more tools coming out of this set. Yep. Oh, God, yeah. White needed... Uh, it, it's, I feel like green got shafted the hardest, but white... But uh, green didn't need very much. Green, Yeah, green didn't need very much. So, like, the, 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 the burn really came from white, which really didn't get... Where they promised us stuff and... <laughs> and gave us a loyal unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the fact that white only does anything if you're like way behind yeah it's really like that's not like a good place to be like it's not even like land tax where it's like i'm going second so. yeah yeah or weathered wayfarer the white really needed to give us a little bit more than it did i don't know another year of kind of some lacking yeah i, I think going that on there. red has gotten better lately because it's gotten more proactive combo things yeah definitely and it's gotten a lot more artifact interaction mm-hmm. too which is like definitely a way to build power into it like artifacts are good yeah <laughs> like there's a lot of good ones so i think that now like white is really the color that's been lacking the last few years like like i don't think white's token synergies or 
like aggro token builds are as strong as reds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you have access to to Krenko or Perforos, like those, it, yeah, it just pulls you way ahead. Yeah, like they they can win so much more quickly than even like the fastest white token builds. Yeah, yeah, even just impact tremors, mm-hmm. like just having like impact tremors in your red token and deck. they can rebuild more quickly too like the the fastest white token deck i can think of is like jazal gold main yeah but that deck completely folds to a board wipe or even like spot removal on jazal yeah <laughs> whereas like krenko i mean even after a board wipe it takes so little for him to completely rebuild everything mm-hmm. just like a turn or two and you're back in the danger zone yeah and ditto perforos like he doesn't care they already got him his value <laughs> yeah yeah, he doesn't actually care about that board wipe. Like, white, its aggro needs a boost, and then its control is just... It doesn't matter if, if you can, like, destroy any card type, if you're just this far behind in every resource that matters. Yeah, they. Yeah, and I, I know they're, like, afraid to give white cards for some reason, and, the, and they keep doing it in weird ways, or they'll, like, reanimate tiny things, but that's not enough. Like, they need different, way more aggressive tiny dudes... In in regards to like resources, if they're gonna keep printing these, like reanimate a two CMC or three CMC thing, and like hope for it to pa- like patch up the holes. When I saw Magus of the Balance, like that's it looks like that's kind of the avenue they're trying to play in, but it's just not. That's not. This isn't what we needed. But I think that kind of that kind of brings it to a close for now. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. If you want to reach Zach, he is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter and Tumblr. The opening song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. We'll talk to you guys next time. <laughs>